0: Hello, welcome back to the Edge of the Box podcast, a podcast by scored.com. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, with another preview, and today we're going to preview Aston Villa's season. It's the one that probably only me and Martin wanted to do, and that nobody else will watch, but me and Martin fancied doing a Villa preview, so here we are, and... To be fair, since he's left, everyone's been clamouring for this guy to come back to the podcast, but we couldn't get Josh, so we got Martin in to help us out instead for this Villa Preview. Martin, how are you? I'm good. I was intrigued about the intro. I didn't know what you were going to refer to me as, but yeah,
1: standard dig from the off. We're, we're the, ta- in. the tackle we're success, in.
0: success guy. That's what I know. Yeah. <laughs> the tackle That's success it. guy. That's it. Yes. I mean, this time last year, no Aston Villa Preview on who scored because let's face it Villa were not an exciting team to talk about Unai Emery's turned them into a top seven side and we've managed to force this preview through I think this is probably the most excited Villa fans have been for a season for a long long time Martin would you agree
1: oh yeah definitely I mean you can't you can't take too much from, from pre-season but from what's being tried out during the summer series and stuff like that it was so fun to watch like it wasn't it wasn't perfect and we obviously no. leaked a lot of goals uh, conceded six goals Um but yeah, we're we're just playing it a completely different way. And obviously Una Emery deserves a huge amount of credit. But one thing I think that's not lost, but I think maybe the players aren't getting the credit that they deserve because this has been such a radical shift in style. And there were teething problems like there would always be. But the, the speed with which they've adapted to, to his ways of thinking, I think's been pretty remarkable, like across the board and certainly. The defence, in particular, I guess, in terms of the, the playing out from the back. Um, obviously, they've addressed that area and, and signed Paltiras, which we'll, we'll come on to. But Contra and Mings were superb last season. Um, I still think both will have a, a, a massive part to play this season. Um, but yeah, the, it's it's been so fun to watch. I think we we're playing more incisive passes within sort of one phase of play than we played in whole games. Under the lights of sort of Bruce and Gerard at times as well, so yeah, things are definitely, definitely
0: looking up. I mean, the player that stands out to me the most is John McGinn. Mm-hmm. He was getting a little bit lost in Gerard's yeah. system, wasn't allowed to do any of the things that, that he was good at. And Emery came in, kept him as, as captain, put him in the team. And I'd argue now he's probably the first name on the, on the, on the team sheet. I don't know if you watched the Brentford game in the, in the summer series, but I thought that first 45 minutes, he was absolutely incredible. And that just shows you what Unai Emery's managed to do. He hasn't really, well, he last season, he hadn't really bought in any of his own players except for Moreno at left-back. But the improvement in the players that were already there and McGinn was suffering at Villa. He yeah. was really, really struggling, mm. looks completely re-energised, revitalised, longest serving player. But he looks like a much better player than the player that first joined. And he was good then.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. he just looks so tactically astute now. I think that's the big difference with, with McGinn when he signed. Everybody loved him straight away. And did, for the most part, until he obviously had the rocky patch start of last season, first half of last season, maybe the tail end of the season before that. He was always seen as just this sort of bull, this big ball of energy that bundled around. And maybe that was, it was a strength, but also a weakness at times. Mm. But he's just, like, tactically, he's become so more aware and he's putting that energy to such better use now and popping up in all these sort of holes and positions. And like you said, against Brentford, he was outstanding. Like, his understanding of that role that he was asked to play was superb, and obviously he's he's an incredibly versatile player as well. And I think, like you say, that will, that will definitely play in his favour in terms of uh, being a certain starter. I think certainly at the start of the season. Obviously he's the captain, so you you would expect him to be. But I, I would say there's probably only a handful of players that fall fall into that category. That the the depth of the squad has has improved that much and this competition. Almost everywhere. Not quite, but almost.
0: Yeah, the squad's nicely set. I think if the window's shut tomorrow, I'd be relatively happy with how Villa line up and the business that they've done. If you were to suddenly sign six, seven players, you're taking away the stuff that actually made you good in in, in the first place. I think Villa are building in the right way. The three that they've bought in so far are classy additions. I think they're in a fortunate position where I don't think they have to rush Torres. I don't think they have to put Tillemans straight in. I think Tillemans has got a job getting into that that mm-hmm. central midfield with Kamara and Luis because they've been operating to a, to a really high level under under Unai Emery. Diaby is the exciting one because he does completely change that that Villa attack, doesn't he? He he looks an upgrade on the attacking players that are there already. And again in that Brentford game, he just, he just looks electric, didn't
1: he? Yeah. And the thing, is sort of, I didn't I've seen a fair bit of Moose of Diaby, but not not enough of him in those central positions. And he, he did play there a fair bit last season. I think that's the big difference between him and obviously Bailey, where they are comparable, not necessarily comparable players, but comparable situations. They, they arrive at the team, uh, come to Villa with a sort of comparable reputation at their time. Very similar statistics, both nine goals and eight assists in the league in their final season at Leverkusen. Both can play either flank, but Bailey was only ever really a winger. I think he'd only played two or three games from a central position at Leverkusen before um, Villa signed him, and obviously Villa signed him as a winger, and it's become clear that he doesn't really look like being that in Emery's system. It doesn't really look like he fits in that sort of four or whatever you want to call that midfield sort of square box, whatever. He's been sort of pushed forward into that support striker role for Ollie, with Oli Watkins and and struggled, I think, in general in, in that position. I don't think he's he's got that tactical awareness of that role yet. But the Diaby had sort of developed that a bit last season. He played, I think it was 12 of his 40 games across the league in Europe, came from central positions for Leverkusen last season. So he's got that bank, that understanding of that position where Bailey's just been forced into it, really. Obviously played there a fair bit last season. He only got two goals from 13 starts uh, as a sort of centre forward, as it were. Um, whereas um, the Diaby got five goals and three assists from central positions last season. So there was always, already that sort of Knowledge there that he could play that role, and I think obviously it's early days, and he's only had a sub appearance and a start, but it looks very much like the case that he will be that support striker. And while he could be used on either flank, he's definitely been signed for that role with that role in mind, and that's what makes him that sort of upgrade on on Bailey. I think, and I, I have some sympathy for Bailey because. Like I said, he wasn't, really, he wasn't signed by Emery. He wasn't, certainly wasn't signed for this system. And he was signed into a bit of a mess post-Grealish yeah. era where Villa had no identity whatsoever. And it was that sort of of we've signed three players to come up to, to create Jack Grealish's output. Remember how proud
0: Christian Perzo looked in that it
1: video. Was just, <laughs> it was just nonsense. A lot of it was rushed. Obviously, Ings was a com- came as a complete surprise. And it's just opportunistic at the time, whereas the signings we're making now are very, very well thought through, I think. And that hasn't really been the case, even even up until sort of obviously last year. With Coutinho, Dean obviously been expensive, and maybe Dean's a bit harsh, but obviously he's not the he won't be the first choice left back when Alex Moreno's fit. So on the money that he's on, you'd have to see that as a bit of a failure. Um, but the signings we're making now uh, are, are are clearly well well thought through, and you'd expect nothing less. Obviously with Monty coming in, the reputation that he has. You're right. I think if we if we start the season now, I wouldn't be too disappointed. I think. If if opportunities arise in certain positions, then might do a bit more business, but certainly not for the sake of it. Like some of the some of the signings seem to have been in the past.
0: I still think you might see one or two more t- towards mm. the at to the end of the window. Another attacking player wouldn't surprise me. And still, even after what Emery said the other day, another goalkeeper as a backup wouldn't yeah. surprise me either. I think the thing with the signings that Villa have made as well, and this is this is actually vital going into Villa's campaign because they're going to be playing in Europe for the first time in a long time. All three of the players they've brought in, they're all used to playing midweek European football. Tillemans, DRB and Pau Torres are quite well versed in Thursday, Sunday as, as well, mm. I, I believe. So that will help Villa because it is a side that hasn't really got many players that have played in Europe other than really Emi Martinez that, that I can think of. Luca Dean, the PSG, I'm assuming, played in played in Europe. But do you know what I mean? There's not a lot of European experience within that squad. Definitely. And we need to, we need to share out the minutes. And I think you're right to highlight those sort of attacking positions in
1: particular. Been a lot of pressure on Ollie Watkins over the last four years. Obviously, Cameron Archer and probably uh, John Duran look like they're going to stay uh, this season and not go out on loan. Certainly, Archer, I'd, I'd expect to stay and, and compete or push Watkins. I don't think he'll he'll come close initially. Yeah, taking some of that pressure off Watkins. I think s- since his last season at Brentford, uh, including his last season at Brentford, he's missed five league games in four seasons. Very durable. So he's, played, he's played a hell of a lot of football. And he will need to be managed because he's a he's a pivotal player for for Villa. I know he sort of maybe not divides opinion, but he comes under criticism quite often in spells, in, in fits and starts, which I think is is really harsh. Could he be a better finisher at times? Yes, but so could ninety-five percent of strikers and Villa aren't gonna get that top five percent.
0: So, so Harlem misses chances. I've seen Harlem miss easy chances this uh, yeah, Yes, exactly. yes, he scored a hundred goals, but he still misses chances. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And and what Watkins does for the team, and again, his understanding of the role that Emery wants him to play, and the way that he's dovetailed with the RB, Obviously, we've seen very little of it, but the, the early signs are really encouraging. Where they're both capable of dropping into pockets and linking up with with the lights of McGinn and and players like on rushing down the flanks. It's it's looking really really positive. But yeah, rotating the squad with Europe in mind is going to be is going to be crucial. And I think if there's Another area, obviously, you'd, you'd think we're probably like it is probably right back. Obviously, we've got players, centre backs that can play right back, and that could suit the way that Emery wants to play. Uh, obviously, that's going to be one of the sort of most interesting tactical. I think you'll say business. a lot of that. Yeah. Really. Especially in Europe, I think you'll see a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, you've got concert, even chambers in sort of domestic yeah. cup competitions can do it. Uh, so, they've got the backup there, but. If Matty Cash gets injured, and that's perfectly possible, he's been injured a fair bit in 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 certainly last season. And if you've got, if potentially you've got Moreno out as well, then you don't have any fullbacks who are capable of bombing on, and that's pivotal for Emery on on one side or the other, basically. Obviously, we saw Cash do it against Brentford, and it was interesting to see that Torres picked up the role on the left, where I think a lot of people might have expected that to be Mings having actually played as a left-back in the past, but also the fact that maybe traditionally you expect your sort of best distributor of the ball to play out from the middle. I think the key there is those angles that Torres passes through those lines. Having the angles to do that is why he played in that position. But obviously that was because Moreno was out. So Moreno is a key player when fit. So like you said, if when he is fit, it is very possible that we'll see plenty of Conza and, to a lesser extent, Chambers Filling in on that right hand side,
0: still got Diego Carlos to come in as as well, haven't yeah. they? Centre back Villa very well stocked at centre back, good quality in the in the centre back areas. But I think to start the season at least, it will be Mings and concert at centre back because they exactly. did nothing wrong in the back end of the season. They were a really good partnership and lots of clean sheets. They keep like, so many clean sheets at home as well. I think mm-hmm. six or seven in a row at home at one point. Mm-hmm. So those two will, will start the season. I think that's good because they don't need to put Pau Torres in. Straight away, i will have time to integrate. Villa have got a tough first game as well away at Newcastle, so I'd expect it to be concert and, and Minx. You've, you've touched on Moreno not being there. I think he was a transformative signing for Villa in January. Yes. At the start of the season, not having Kim or Ramsey down that left-hand side, mm. Emory's going to have to come up with a solution. And one of the solutions in pre-season has been Villa-Jean. On the left wing, he started every preseason game in in America. In fact, did he start every preseason game? Did he start the Warsaw yep. game as well? I can't remember. I think he did. So he started every preseason game. Philajun perhaps expected him to go on low, but he's probably given himself a chance of being in that first eleven on day one, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I think obviously it would probably be between maybe him and, and Bailey if if they did want to play a sort of a pacey winger. But I think he definitely put Philogene above Bailey at the moment based on, obviously, the minutes that he's had in pre-season, the familiarity that he's, he's built with the rest of the team now. Um, and, obviously, he's had to, he's had a couple of decent loan spells in the Championship at clubs that probably weren't the best sort of tactical fit for him to no. sort of come into a Nuno Emery side. But the one thing that he showed, while he's, he's really exciting and he's got a lot of confidence and he'll run at players – and he'll commit players. He's very, very hard-working off the ball. Like His defensive stats, even in the Championship last season, were very, very good. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely played himself into contention. I don't think he'll be a, a regular starter during the season. But like you said, this, this start of the season, where we, we don't have Ramsey, obviously Buendia could play off the left, and I think that's yeah. a that's a real possibility. And he's done very well in pre-season as well, and I think he could have a really important season. So, yeah, there's a, there's those sorts of players where... They're definitely not certain starters, but you'd still expect them to be pivotal players, players like Buendia, players, maybe less so someone like Villagine, but players like Tielemans, who, and, and the likes of Concer, who maybe people thought, oh, they're trying to upgrade on him. I thought he was probably Villa's most improved player last season. I thought he was like from the season before. Mm. Obviously, had a, yeah, he had quite a big deal. Season before that, he was really reliable. So he's had a bit of a an up and down time. But last season, he came on a lot. I think he was he was underrated last season alongside Mings, who obviously gets a lot of the sort of spotlight for good and bad reasons from from both Villa and opposing fans, who they don't really seem to seem to be keen on Tyrone Mings. But he steals a lot of the focus just because of the way he plays and the, his sort of physical dominance. But but Conza was was very very reliable alongside him last season. So. There's a lot of players and, you Yeah, like I said, they've got a good bank of players. I think there's only probably five, six who you'd think they're going to start pretty much week in, week out. Obviously, Martinez. Yeah. Know when he's fit. Like I said, I think McGinn is one. Uh, Watkins, probably the RB. And I think the other one's probably Luiz over Kamara. I think Kamara I think. will obviously. Play. Yeah, I think he's the key. I think he's the star man, personally, Douglas Luiz now. I think, yeah, I think obviously last season he's played players and supporters, player of the season. But I think he's developed into a properly elite level footballer now. Like his his, his understanding of the game off the ball, but the way he's progressing play in this Emory system is is outstanding. Uh, and he works so well with um, Kamara. But I thought it was interesting in, in pre-season that, and obviously he's managing minutes, so you can't read too much into it. But he didn't take off Louise for, for Tielemans. He took off Kamara for Tielemans. You'd say Tielemans Te- is a pretty good fit for Luiz as a replacement or a stand-in because yeah. he can progress the ball and you'd say those are the two comparable players. But I think Douglas Luiz has become undroppable at the moment. And unless he has a as, as a proper downturn in, in form, I think he'll be a certain starter in the league week in, week out.
0: Yeah, he was exceptional last season, D- Douglas Luiz. I mean, people talk about Bruno Gamares, who's been excellent for Newcastle. I don't think there's much difference bet- between those two players. And I actually... I don't think there's much difference between Newcastle and Villa in terms of quality, in terms of manager. Newcastle obviously got top four last season, but Villa had Steven Gerrard for 13 games. So we essentially gave them a 13-game head start. I look at that Newcastle team, who I would expect to be challenging towards the top four again. I don't think Villa are far away from that in in terms of quality. But I'm wary of saying Villa are going to be challenging for the Champions League. But fifth place could get Champions League football this season. I don't see any reason why Villa can't finish fifth.
1: Yeah, I think Villa will be right in the mix with the likes of Newcastle. My concern is the fact that Liverpool, I think, will get much better. Do you think they yes. will be much better, Liverpool? I think Liverpool will be much better. I think the way they ended last season was more what you'd expect. And I think the changes that have come this summer, it's obviously not a Liverpool preview, but the changes that have come this summer were probably needed. The likes of Henderson and Fabinho going and that sort of refresh of that midfield. I see, like Obviously, there's a big assumption that the new signings can fit in well, but I think McAllister's a... A no-brainer. Yeah, for Bosley um, should settle in quickly, and obviously they'll probably look sign Lavia or someone else. But yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll be. Personally, I think they'll be probably cl- closest challenges to, to City. But b- behind City, Liverpool, and probably Arsenal, I think Villa can compete with the rest. I'm not saying that they'll finish above the rest, but they can compete. They they should consider themselves to be in that sort of bracket. the The, the issue is there's a big bracket. Chelsea come into it. Tottenham. Possibly, <laughs> um, Brighton maybe as well. Uh, so there's probably four or five teams that will be aiming for that sort of fourth Champions League spot, as it were. So any of those teams could finish from fourth to eighth, really, and Villa fall into that category. I think, along
0: with Newcastle. I guess how they manage Europe, as well, mm-hmm. will play into it. But as managers go, you in the Europa Conference uh, League, yes. <laughs> if you could pick a manager in well in world football to manage a Europa League or a Europa Conference campaign. Mm-hmm. Most people would probably pick Ounahemra. Yeah, they would. You'd have to. <laughs> it's yeah. not really another
1: choice. Villa are pretty well set in that regard. Obviously, the other team, like, and they can rotate. It's like, like, with all due respect, it is it's the Conference League and not even the Europa League or the Champions League. Whereas Newcastle will be playing Champions League football. Obviously, you get that extra day, far more demanding on the squad. I would say, whereas Villa will can and will rotate the squad in those matches. I'm absolutely sure of it. There's a lot. To to weigh up, and obviously the fact that Chelsea don't have European football means they come, they will come into the mix. There's a, there's a, you can throw a blanket over quite a few teams, but the fact that we're saying that about Villa in the same conversation as, as those clubs is astonishing, really. when you look at where we were this time last year.
0: Yeah, and what would you say to people who, out from the outside of the Villa bubble, who maybe don't understand how good. Unai who, who Emery is. What, what would you say about Unai Emery?
1: He's transformed these players. Like they, they are so much better tactic, tactically and technically, and he's given them the confidence to say, "Like you can, you can play this way. If you can't, you'll be out. But you can play this way." Like, but he hasn't had to get rid of loads
0: of people because not they've exactly. done it.
1: that's his coaching. Obviously, like I said, it's a lot of it's on the players as well in the way that they've adapted. But that's his coaching. That's his job. They've they've taken to it so well, and they were just players that. I think most Villa fans wouldn't have expected could play this way. And they are. They're playing it regularly and comfortably. And they look like a technically quality side now, whereas one, two years ago, they looked a mess. So that turnaround and that turnaround that obviously Emery has inspired is remarkable. I think it's one of the biggest in (laughs) recent years in the Premier League, That, that sort of sharper turnaround. Obviously, the... points tally that Villa picked up under Emery last season I think they would have they would have finished in the top four had it started when when Emery started and obviously it didn't so you you can say that that's pointless but we'll see like if we can pick up again and continue in that vein of form then I think you can be pretty not certain but pretty comfortable that Villa will be pushing for Europe next season it might not be Champions League and I don't expect it to be
0: we're ahead of schedule in that sense that Europa League is definitely the, the target, probably minimum. I find Villa fascinating to watch now, and I don't think I've ever found us yeah. fascinating to watch in my life, and that, that probably is the biggest thing that stands out overall tactically. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I've learned more about football from watching I Emery's team every week. Yeah,
1: and, and Villa were, a, like for Villa fans, but also for neutrals, a bit of a bore to watch for quite a oh. while. They weren't an exciting t- like it wasn't our Villa on, Let's,
0: let's get the oh, let's, get, a let's,
1: a let's get Sky and BT on now. Now you should be excited to watch Aston Villa for sure. They will, like, they won't be perfect, and they will concede goals, and they will make mistakes, and they play risky football at times. But they will be fun. Like they will be fun. And as a fan, that's what you want, isn't it? You want you want to win, but you want to enjoy it. And it, it hasn't been that enjoyable from being a Villa supporter for a while. So you can uh, forgive us if we're feeling a little bit.
0: No. Not smug, but, yeah, excited. Happy. You're just happy, so, Martin? We're, we're not familiar with this feeling. It's just, it's, it's just <laughs> happiness. But you're right. Football should be fun. And it is yeah. watching Aston Villa play, which is an absolute joy for me and you. Martin, thanks ever so much for joining me on the show today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you again. And, of course, it just just had to be about Aston Villa. We forced the preview through we've managed to do it so yeah hopefully the Villa fans that do watch will enjoy it if you support another team or even if you don't go back and watch all the other previews that we've done with the seven other the Premier League teams I can't remember if it's six or seven that we've done actually go back and check those previews out and we'll also be back when the season starts with our game week one preview so we'll be doing that every week obviously as we have done the last few years thanks ever so much for watching